Next on Contemplate with Pastor David Robinson. The sinful woman really was sinful. Okay, don't, don't get this story wrong. This tax collector really was sinful. The point of what Jesus was doing was not to suggest that their sin was no big deal. He wasn't excusing it like, oh, everybody's got problems. No, That's not what he was saying. That's not what he said. The point was not to say their sin was no big deal. The point was that Jesus was showing that his forgiveness and grace are a bigger deal. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. And this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for joining us today for part four in our podcast series, Who is Jesus? Pastor David is teaching us about two familiar people from the Bible, the tax collector and the sinful woman. And their encounters with Jesus were dramatic, controversial, and life-changing. And you know, he wants to change our lives too. Our teacher is Pastor David Robinson, and this is part four of Who is Jesus? recorded live at Axe Church. Here's Pastor David. This reject, this outcast, all he wants to do is just get a glimpse of this guy he's heard about. His, his humility, he's got to climb a tree. You know those dresses they were wearing? That couldn't have been easy, right? Trying to get up on it. I mean, I, I wouldn't try to climb a tree, period, at this point. But he's climbing a tree because he doesn't, he's throwing all of his pride and his arrogance and whatever. He's throwing that away. Remember, he probably doesn't have it because everybody thinks that he's ridiculous. So he thinks of himself as worthless, but he just wants to at least get a look at Jesus. And so as he humbles himself enough to climb up a tree just so he can see him, and Jesus walks by and bam, eye contact. He looks right at him. And I'm sure for Zacchaeus, the world stops. And, I, and I'm wondering if he, when he sees the eyes, if he immediately knew it was going to be good. Or if he wondered if it might be just the opposite. These prophets were, after all, known to sort of bring down judgment, right? And certainly if anyone deserved judgment, it was this guy who everyone considered a traitor. But that's not what Jesus says. The next thing he does is he says, Zacchaeus. He knows his name. I can't imagine what that's going to feel like for those of us who know Christ the first time we hear his voice say our name. But Zacchaeus hears it here. And he says, get down here. I'm going to your house. I'm going to go to your house today. This tax collector, this man who they treated as a traitor. I mean, the religious leaders in Jericho, probably I don't know that they would walk by Zacchaeus' house, but they sure wouldn't dare to go in. They would have considered him unclean. But Jesus did. This wasn't the end of either of these stories, by the way, because there were other people there besides just Jesus and this person. Jesus and the woman or Jesus and this tax collector, Zacchaeus. There were other people. So let's see how the Pharisee reacts to this woman in our first story. Luke 7, 39 through 50. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, saw this woman coming and washing his feet with her tears, he spoke to himself, saying, this man... If he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who was touching him, for she is a sinner. What's the assumption that this Pharisee is making? Listen, if you're a prophet, A, first thing, you're going to know who this is. You will know because you're a prophet because God would tell you. Second, you'd know what kind of a woman this is. Filthy, dirty, sinner. 
And the assumption that he has is that if, if Jesus is a prophet, that he wouldn't let this woman touch him, that he wouldn't be near her because he had become so wrapped up in this ladder system that these guys had come up with, with the best seats at the tables, with the only people that were good are the people who kept the law, quote unquote, and the sinner is trash to him. And so the idea that a prophet, a man of God, would let this sinner come and touch him, he doesn't believe it. He says, Jesus must not be a prophet. That's the logic. Because if he was a prophet, he wouldn't do this. Well, Jesus, of course, knows, as he always does, our hearts and the things we're thinking. And so he has a conversation. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Uh-oh. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50 And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Can you imagine the weight that lifted off of this woman when Jesus, the Son of God, God in flesh, looks at her and says, your sins are forgiven. When he looks at her and says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Because these debtors that he's talking about, this, this is us, right? Not only do we have a debt from the sin that we've, that we've done, but we, like the people in the parable, have nothing with which to repay it. We can't come up with anything that could ever make us right. And I don't care if you think you owe $5 or you know that you owe $5 billion. I can tell you which side I'm on. It's not the $5 side. You have nothing with which to repay it. This woman knows that. She's got nothing to lose. She's humbled herself. She's coming here. She's washing his feet. She's crying. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Peace. He brings that to her. He heals her from her sin. And Jesus asks a question. Simon has to answer. And it is a great question. Who loves more, the one who has been forgiven a lot or the one who has been forgiven a little? Simon is probably like the Pharisee in the parable Jesus told us that we read earlier, who thanks God that he's not like other people, like this loser over here, who thinks that he's better, who thinks that he doesn't have a big need for forgiveness because he's so busy looking at this woman and judging her, thinking that he's better than her, cleaner than her, more righteous than her, that he doesn't need Jesus, that he doesn't need forgiveness. But this woman knows exactly who she is. There's no confusion. She knows her own sinfulness. She's not hiding it. She's not confused about it. 
She's simply seeking the healing of grace and forgiveness from God. And she has sought out Jesus, who is God. And he forgives her sins, which prompts the question of this series from the people sitting at the table. Who is this? Who is Jesus? Who even says that he can forgive sins? Because people can't do that. Right? You come over to me and and say, hey, I uh, stole my neighbor's dog. Right? And I say, I forgive you. It wasn't my dog. Right? If it was a cat, I would say. <laughs> Bless you. I can't forgive you, and if I, if I pretended to, you would think I was crazy. And you'd be right, because I can't forgive you for the things that you've done, that you've done to dishonor God. So the only one who can do that, that's why these people at the table are tripping out. That's why, again, like we talked about last week, people who are saying, oh, Jesus was just this guy. He's just this, you know, maybe he's kind of prophetic. He had some good things to say. No, 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 no. He's claiming to forgive sins. And how do we know that that's a big deal? Because we see the way that people around him reacted to it. Who does he think he is? Who is Jesus? What about Zacchaeus? What do the people think when Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house? Let's look at Luke 19, 5 through 10. It says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Which was the law, right? In in Israel. You steal, you restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Why is Jesus here For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. They're complaining, right? Hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. They're complaining like, why? Why would you do that? Why are you going to eat with this sinner, this tax collector? We think he's a traitor. We hate him. We can't stand him. Why would you go with him? All of these people, there were all of these priests who lived in Jericho. Priests. Why would Jesus not go eat with one of them? Why weren't they being shown honor? Why would, you, why would you go with this sinner? And Jesus tells us the answer. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Salvation comes to Zacchaeus, and he responds by making right what he can of his past sins. By giving half of his wealth to the poor. That's not something he's doing to earn salvation. It's not salvation's come to this house because you did these things. It's salvation came to this house. And because salvation came to this house, you did these things in response. You love God in response to the love that he's shown for you. He has found the thing, Zacchaeus, that he could not find himself. He could not get himself. He could not pay that debt back. But Jesus gave Zacchaeus grace and forgiveness because he's the only one who could. And Zacchaeus responded by following his Savior. Shortly before the historical events recorded in the story of the woman who was forgiven, one of the things that Jesus said was this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The courage to act in humility, to seek out Jesus by this woman and these tax collectors, these sinners, these outcasts. No doubt their courage was built up by Jesus who said, come to me, all you who labor, who are heavy laden. There were no modifiers. You notice that? He didn't say, come to me, all you who are perfect and self-righteous. Come to me if you have never missed a church service or Sunday school. Come to me if you've made no mistakes. Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. You who are weighed down by your own sin and by the sin of others that has broken you. And he says, I'm gentle. I'm strong. I will give you rest. I will give you the peace that you're looking for. He says to John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. If you'll come, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll come, you're, you're laboring, you're heavy laden. If you'll come, I'm going to give you rest. And I'll tell you what I'm never going to do. I'm never going to push you away. I'm never going to reject you. I don't care what other people say about you. I don't care about the sneers and the gossip and the whispers and you worrying about trying to measure up. I don't care about the past. I have the power to forgive and I will not cast you out if you come to me. Jesus is a friend of sinners. He loves those who are broken, those who need help. He's a friend to those who need healing. He's a friend to those who are humble enough to seek him and realize their sin and its natural consequences and accept his supernatural forgiveness. The sinful woman really was sinful. Okay, Don't, don't get this story wrong. This tax collector really was sinful. The point of what Jesus was doing was not to suggest that their sin was no big deal. He wasn't excusing it like, oh, no thing. Don't worry. Forgive yourself. Everybody's got problems. No pro That's not what he was saying. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. The point was not to say their sin was no big deal. The point was that Jesus was showing that his forgiveness and grace are a bigger deal. That's what he was doing. Do you know when in his life Jesus went to eat with Zacchaeus? He was on his way. His face was set to go to Jerusalem, to die a horrible death on a cross, to rise again for the sins of the world. He was doing something amazing and difficult and glorious, and that was where he was going and what he was doing. It was the biggest thing that will ever, has ever happened in the history of this universe. The entire universe hinges on the things that were going to happen this week, and he was set to go do it. And on his way, he stops for one sinner, one tax collector in Jericho, with all that's going on, the biggest thing that's ever going to happen, with all that he's got to do, and I'm guessing there was a lot on his mind, he loved one sinner enough to stop and go aside and seek to save that which was lost. I mean, what's going on here? The love of Jesus is overwhelming. What about this other tax collector from the story, the parable? Remember where the Pharisees thanking God that he's not like the tax collector? Thinks he's better and he tithes and he... Fast, blah, 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 blah. What, what did the tax collector do in that situation? Listen to this. 
Luke 18, 13 through 14. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I was once in that place, broken and ashamed. It didn't matter what anybody else thought about me. All of that was dust and ashes. People's opinions of me trying to measure up because it, what had been revealed to me is, is my own sin, my own wickedness. And, and like this woman, I fell on the floor and wept. And Jesus, like he did with this woman, answered me and forgave me and gave me grace. Everything was, was stripped away, and it was just me and Jesus, and it was just me recognizing the, the weight of my sin, which was no small thing. And I can't explain to you the pain that was there when I was holding the sin, and I can't explain to you the joy that was there when he took it away. You just have to experience it for yourself. You have to experience what this woman experienced, what this other man, this tax collector experienced. See, these religious people thought they were better. They didn't need forgiveness. They were blind to their own sin. They didn't understand why Jesus is spending all this time with sinners when they're the important ones. But that is who he came to save. All of us have sinned. All of us need Jesus. We have to be like this woman, like the tax collector. We can't be too proud to come to Jesus in humility and in need. We have to say and admit, stop playing games and say, we're weary. We're burdened. We need rest for our souls. Lord, have mercy on us, sinners. I'm not going to try to act like I'm something I'm not. We've got to humble ourselves. And there he is with arms wide open, ready to forgive us, ready to change us, ready to transform us. And we change as a result of his love for us and our love in return for him. If you do not know Jesus, if you have not wept at his feet, he's calling you into relationship with him now. If that's you, and I'm sure that there are people in this room right now or who will be listening later who don't know Jesus. Like this woman, like this tax collector, it's time to humble yourself. There are two errors that people make when they reject Jesus. And listen here. Error number one. I don't need Jesus because my sin is not that big of a deal. This is the sin of the Pharisees, refusing to look at themselves, not introspecting because they're so busy looking at the other people who they call sinners so that they can feel superior. They have a pride, a lack of humility. They're not seeking Jesus because they do not think that there's anything they really need to seek him for. Everyone else is looking at them and saying, oh, you're so great. You keep all the law. They think that they're perfect. So when Jesus comes in, they'll wash his feet. They don't give him a kiss. Sit over there. Let's hear what you have to say, Simon, the Pharisee. Like that's many people. As a matter of fact, I see people walking around all the time who seem to think that they have nothing that they need to 
feel bad about. Nothing that they need forgiveness for. Don't be that person. You better recognize what's going on in your own heart and what you've done. The other error is my sin is too much. My sin is too much. It's too big. Jesus could never forgive me. That's nonsense. Jesus forgave me. Now, let me just tell you, for those of you who are like, well, you're a pastor. You must be pretty good, right? Like Simon the Pharisee? No. Simon the Pharisee is probably much better than me. If you met some of the people from the past in my life, which, you know, I don't sit here and worry about, but someday somebody's going to come and they're going to be like, yeah, I met some people you went to college with. You know how that happens sometimes. You meet somebody and, and you're like, you know somebody in common. So you're like, oh, yeah, uh, David, yeah, David Robinson, yeah, I know him. And you're like, oh, what's he doing now? And you're like, oh, he's a pastor. And like, you said pastor? Yeah, because I was not a man after God's heart. I was so far from that that I think you probably wouldn't believe it. And yet Jesus saved me. And so for those of you who are out here saying, no, 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 no. I've done, I've done, I've done. I've ruined relationships. I've destroyed my family. I've got addictions. I've got troubles. Jesus is not smaller than your troubles. He's bigger. He's much, much bigger. Don't fall into these errors. I don't need Jesus or he wouldn't help me. This woman, this sinner who was so well-known as a sinner. How many of you are so well-known that you could walk anywhere in the city and people would look at you and be like, that's the worst sinner around? Anybody in that situation? I don't think so. That's who this woman was, and Jesus saved her. How many of you are hated by everyone? Like Zacchaeus, the tax collector. None of you probably, and yet Jesus saved him. And so if you're in that place, you got to let that go. If you've never met Jesus, now is the time. And here's the thing. If you have been a follower of Jesus, but you've ventured back into some darkness that you've voluntarily put some chains back on. He's calling you back out. And let me just tell you, he's going to drag you back out eventually, but he's calling you back out now. Take his hand. He loves you. So live for him. He knows everything that you need. He knows everything that you've done, and he still loves you. He wants you released from the chains that keep you in darkness, and he wants to put you in a place to walk in the light in peace to take his yoke, his burden that's easy. I'm going to ask uh, a couple of our elders to come up and just kind of be on the side, just maybe right over here. Um, if you guys could kind of walk up here. If you are needing to make things right, if you are in that place where you say, hey, I need to be like this woman, I need to be like this tax collector, it's time for me to make the right decision. It's time for me to weep at the feet of Jesus. It's time for me to get right. They're going to be over here. If Zacchaeus had the humility to climb a tree in his dress, if this woman had the humility to walk into a room full of people that despised her, you can have the humility to come over to a friendly face and pray with them. And come to know Jesus today. If you've been away from the Lord for a while, you've been walking somewhere else, and today you realize how much love and how much forgiveness is there. If there's addiction in your life, if there's difficulty in your life, if there's things like that that have pulled you away from Jesus, I want you to come back today. Come and pray with one of our elders, and we'll have a couple of deacons get up here too, over on the side, 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And here's what I'd ask. After we pray, we're going to take communion. For those of you who are believers, who are Christ followers, we invite you to take communion with us, whether this is your regular church or not, if you're a follower of Christ. We're going to play music, but I'd ask that you, play, you stay completely silent. Put the right attitude in your heart. Be like this woman who's willing to admit what she needs to admit. Get right with the Lord before you take communion this morning. Take that time. Don't look at anybody else. Don't talk to anybody else. Get the elements. Come back. We're going to take communion together, but have this be a time where you're really thinking about it. And for those of you, if you need to come to Jesus Christ today, come to Jesus Christ today. Don't wait. Don't wait. If you need to come back, come back now. Let this be the first morning of the rest of your life. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, with part four in our podcast series, Who is Jesus? Here on Contemplate. So, do you need Jesus in your life? Are you ready to experience that grace and forgiveness that Pastor David has been talking about today? Well, if you'd like to pray with someone or just have questions, please call us here at Acts Church. Our number is 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. We'd love to help you know the peace and hope that can only come from knowing Jesus. You can also find us online at axcamus.org. There you'll find directions and all the info you need to visit us here at Axe Church this Sunday morning, and I hope you will. Again, that's axcamus, camus with a C, axcamus.org. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for listening today, and we'll look for you again on our next podcast as Pastor David Robinson brings us more of Who is Jesus? Here on Contemplate.